All right, welcome back to the Jim Leach Show. Big story today from our watchdog partners at the Better Government Association, uh, revealing that Governor J.B. Pritzker's trust that manages his wealth and investments had invested at least $5,000, maybe a lot more than that, in a company that has, for the last several years, had a pretty lucrative contract with the state of Illinois for Medicaid services. Now, uh, there are various laws that govern state office holders investing in companies that do business with the state, but this is uh, ostensibly a blind trust where the governor does not have uh, control over what uh, the the investments are are made and and, uh, in what amounts and things. It's all raising a lot of questions here, and uh, Illinois Republicans uh, asking a lot of those questions and saying there needs to be some additional changes to the law to address these sorts of situations. Representative Tim Butler is here with us this afternoon. He was part of a news conference earlier today on this subject. Representative, welcome. Thanks for taking the time. Jim, I appreciate being here. Well, let's let's begin, I guess, with the, the most basic question. Is there evidence of illegality here? Have any laws been broken from what we know about this right now? Cer- certainly not that we see from the surface, uh, the surface of this. But, you know, when you read this extensive BGA report that came out today, it, it does raise a lot of questions. And it raises a lot of questions, I think, about about the sincerity of the governor's remarks, previous remarks about, you know, how he's going to manage this this wealth that he has. Uh, and the fact that, you know, were the proper steps taken to to truly make sure that, uh, you know, his blind trust wasn't investing in companies that do business with the state. And now we find out, I mean, Centene, you know, Centene's at the, at the center of this. Who who got a massive contract to do you know Medicaid management in the state of Illinois to the tune of a couple billion dollars, uh, and that's a big deal. And so I think um, it's right to be asking the questions. But certainly sitting here today, uh, nothing as as of that we know today that's that's illegal. But certainly raises a lot of questions. That's for sure. Now, uh, just so I'm clear on the timeline, my understanding was that Centene initially got a state contract in the Rauner administration. Is that correct? I believe so. That's correct. Um, yes. And that the the Pritzker Trust didn't invest in it until 2020 okay uh, if if i'm if i'm remembering all the details correctly on this but the Pritzker administration has also made some moves taken some steps related to the medicaid program that have proven to be beneficial to to Centene, or at least uh certainly w- would stand to improve their ability to make money on the contract yeah i mean they i, I believe uh and this was mentioned in the bga report that that the administration kind of uh went to bat for Centene to make sure that they were within uh federal guidelines when it came to antitrust provisions so they moved some people out of they moved some Medicaid recipients out of the Centene portfolio I believe to make sure that they they were they were put in with other with other entities and things like that this all comes about I mean I don't want to get into the weeds but it's the whole Medicaid managed care thing that we've had going along going on in Illinois for quite a while uh, and so and so uh, certainly I, I think you know the governor said when when he was elected that he was going to put it into a blind trust and make sure that there weren't any uh, companies that were that did business with Illinois and that that obviously did not get followed through. I think that it, it, a little bit of stonewalling from the governor's spokespeople about whether or not um, that was actually something that was that was lined out in all the the guidelines, I guess, for the for the trust. And so again, I think this raises a lot of questions, and it's certainly going to, I think, prompt, in my opinion, uh, continued calls for looking at our ethics laws and changes that could be made to to prevent this type of situation. Yeah, uh, the Pritzker administration and the governor's campaign uh, say that the governor uh, can't give direction now to 
to the trust as far as what to invest in, what not to invest in. But when the trust was set up, at least he theoretically he could have said, don't ever invest in a company that's got a state contract. Uh, and when and asked we, if, we, we saw in the report today, and it wasn't there was two companies that were named in the report that that this blind trust is, has uh, invested in that have had a business with the state of Illinois. It's not just one. Yeah. And, and uh, there's they have not answered the questions whether the governor gave that direction to the trust and the trust just you know didn't follow through on it or made a mistake or something or whether the direction was never given. So far, to the best of my knowledge, the governor has not commented on that. Correct? Yeah, I don't think he's commented on it. You know, his his government side spokesperson commented then and then kicked everything mostly to the campaign spokesperson, which I find a little bit interesting that the campaign speaking for something that's actually uh, kind of on the official it's, it's official duties. It's it's the fact that he's the governor of Illinois, not a candidate for governor that that we're in the situation. I think the other thing is is you know I, I and I think this is where we need to look at this and really and probably pass some laws to, to tighten it up. The governor's brother-in-law, Mark Maxwell, reported today. The governor's brother-in-law is, is oversees oversees the the blind trust. He's the one that's in charge of the blind trust, and I think that raises its questions on its own when you have someone in your family circle that you're it's probably I assume seeing at family activities that uh, that oversees the trust instead of someone uh, kind of more you know out of out of um, uh, you know a little bit more removed from the situation. I yeah, guess. I think we've all had this idea that it's a blind trust. The governor's not communicating. He never sees the the guys with the green eye shade sitting in an office somewhere yeah. hundreds of miles away. But in fact, it's his brother in law making these decisions. I think Jay Young from Common Cause said it best when he said it's a blind trust with one hand over your eye. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it seems like. So you know, we're in an era right now where we have a lot of really rich people running for office with massive investments and things, and this can all get entangled together here. How do we fix this? How do we craft laws that yeah. allow people you know, to have investments and in things that are part of their financial portfolio without creating these conflicts? Well, we've been able to, do, you know, other states have done this, uh, set some boundaries around uh, uh, setting up trusts and things like that for elected officials that do it better than Illinois, uh, that ensure in state statute that uh, that you can't be doing things that, that has happened with, with this trust and things like that. I think that's you have to do it through, through statute. But you're right. I mean, when you have... <laughs> multi-billionaires, some of the richest people in the state running for office that are entangled in sort of all sorts of financial, you know, uh, entities that, that they're involved with. It's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to know where a lot of this money comes from. I think people are astounded when, when you see, you know, such large figures thrown around that go into campaign funds. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing that, that there's this kind of money out there. And, and so I think, you know, look, I, I think we need to continue to take a look at this. You know, ethics is something it seems like every every session there's something new and different we have to tackle, and we just have to stay on top of it and make sure that the laws um, the laws are are up to snuff when it comes to protecting the public's interest on this, and also that that you know elected officials are held responsible to, to make sure that they, they do things the right way. Uh, another point made by the, the governor's team is that the, the various uh, steps that were taken that could have potentially benefited uh, Centene were being made at the agency level by, you know, mid-level bureaucrats. The governor's not directly involved in that. And realistically, the governor's not involved in every contractual yeah. decision that, that's made here. Uh, but I know you and your Republican colleagues today uh, said, you know, you want to see some documents about this. It's, you know, what exactly was going on 
gone back and forth and talking about Centene. Are you seeking those documents? Have you made formal I, requests for them? I, I don't believe we made any formal requests that I know of as of yet, but I certainly think that will be forthcoming, probably not just from, from us, but I would assume from the media as well, to try to FOIA some communications. And look, I you know I get it. The the governor's office can say, oh, he doesn't have a part of these uh, you know these discussions and things like that. The buck stops with the governor. The governor has deputy governors that he directs and the legislative shop that he directs that it goes up the food chain and they get direction from the governor. And so so just because you're one person removed from maybe the direct discussions that that happen, that doesn't mean I mean with with a two billion dollar plus contract for for a Medicaid provider, the governor knew a lot of stuff that was going on with that, I would assume. That's too large a contract for the governor to have no idea what was going on with it. So I certainly think a, a lot of those um, communications will be asked for. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, another problem with this is that the state's disclosure laws uh, are, are pretty vague in terms of what has to be disclosed. All we know about this Centene investment by the trust is that it was worth more than $5,000. Well, if it's $5,001, uh, that, that's barely pocket lint to J.B. Pritzker. Yep. Uh, but if it's five million or 50 million, you know, that, that's a different story here. But we don't have any way of knowing that with what the, the disclosure no. laws require right now. And we've had a lot of discussions about, about this. We've uh, we've changed our economic interest statements a little bit and changed them. Uh, we have to file ours by, by May 1st. Uh, and so, you know, I've heard some um, some input about that. I haven't done mine yet this year. Going to look at it. I don't have a lot to, <laughs> to report on my economic interest statement. But these are the kind of things that I think as we move forward, yeah, we got to, I mean, you know, Tim Butler, my, you know, my portfolio is 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 a thrift savings plan from the federal government. You know, that's that's a that's a mutual fund, basically, yeah. whereas opposed to the governor is a completely different operation. And, you know, but we're both in elective office. And so how do you make sure that everything gets covered that that gets covered? I think one of the things that, that was pointed on the BGA report was was good as well, saying maybe, you know, people like the governor should put these more into a mutual fund type thing where you really I mean, you know, I have no idea what's getting invested right. in, in my mutual fund. I really right. I really don't. I don't pay attention to it. It just it just happens whereas the governor obviously gets a he does get a report on on this every year because he has to file his his economic interest data about what has happened in this blind trust and i think that's all the stuff i think we're going to be seeing talking about going forward on any of the ethics reform we want to do i i'm i feel compelled to to ask this and i know it's going to sound like maybe a bit of a false equivalency here but as you noted we have a lot of big money in campaigns right now and and you don't just gain influence by being elected governor you can also gain influence by being a huge contributor contributor to campaigns. And we know that on the other side, there is a very wealthy contributor who's pouring a lot of money in there. There's a story today about his company's investments in gun and ammo companies here. Do we need more disclosure as far as the investments of huge donors? Because they also can benefit from the actions that elected officials take if those elected officials have have benefited from their largesse. Look, I'm I'm all for uh, more transparency and and more letting the, the public knows know what happens um you know i think every penny that 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 an elected official gets should be reported and and disclosed instead of lumping it into the smaller sums things like that i think certainly greater scrutiny on on where money comes from and and especially on these large gigantic donations yeah absolutely and both parties you know this happens in both parties and i I think it's you know it's look and i i run afoul of some of my republican colleagues on this stuff i think you know the federal government actually does the federal 
uh, the FEC actually has a lot more strict guidelines than the state of Illinois does when it comes to reporting, when it comes to donation limits. I think that's the kind of stuff that, that we should follow. I don't think somebody should be able to get a $59,000 donation personally to them to themselves from a PAC or from a union or something like that. I think we need to restrict that stuff a little bit. But you know, you're running up sw- upstream a little bit on this stuff because campaigns cost so much. It's 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 a million or two or four million dollars to run a state house race. It's yeah. it's just it's just insane. And we, I mean, I look, I think we we do have to get this kind of stuff under control, but it's very difficult right now. Before I let you go, uh, you have spoken eloquently this week, both on the House floor and on social media, about what's happening in Ukraine right now with the Russian invasion there. Tell me a bit about what what you've had to say on this, and, and why is this such an important issue to you? Well, I've had the great opportunity since I've been in office to participate uh, in the Open World Program, which is a congressionally chartered program that brings um, um, young, upcoming leaders from Eastern European countries to the United States to learn about our democracy and free markets. And Springfield's been home to that. Uh, a great group, group of people bring these folks to town. So four times since I've been in office, uh, I've been able to meet a group of uh, Ukrainian leaders uh, and, and sit down with them for the afternoon to talk about to talk about what I do as a, as a legislator and how to, you know, so they can find out what we do. Give them a tour of the Capitol, things like that. So actually three years ago today, I was hosting a group. We, you know, I was on the House floor with them that, that we weren't in session. And, and I think about those people. They're, they're tremendous people who are doing good things in a country that's only 30 years old. And it just, it just, it's it's so infuriating to see what Putin has done. I mean, and I I, I mean, there Putin is a menace. Uh, he's a tyrant. He's and and we need to stand up to him. And that you know, I get really frustrated in the fact that I we've appeased him for two decades, and we've seen what's happened. Uh, what's going on in Ukraine is terrible, uh, and I really feel for these these people that I've met and, and all the people of Ukraine because it, it shouldn't be happening right now. Yeah, we had the chance to talk to uh, a group from Ukraine uh, coming through uh, as well here on, on the air, and yeah, just you know, really remarkable. Remarkable young people with a lot of passion for their country. And you're right. It's terrifying to think about what they may be facing right now. Absolutely. And as I said on the floor today, I mean, these are leaders. These are the people that are Putin's hit list right now because he wants to, you know, completely topple the government. And these are folks that I've sat down and talked to about. And I think we as Amer- as America need to stand up to Putin and say, you're not going to do this. 